And good morning, Hoosier fans, and welcome to another disappointing episode of Hoosier Morning After. This is Hoosier Morning After Michigan. Yesterday afternoon, your Hoosiers go on to lose to the Michigan Wolverines 80-62. to In a crazy week where we've seen Indiana almost touch its ceiling, but then fall right back down to its floor. Uh, this team has proven that it's consistent at being inconsistent, <laughs> as I've said before, and uh, I think we're going to say a lot. And um, while certain different skills and attributes are things that this team needs to strive for, um, consistency is one of the biggest things. And if it can find that, it's going to be able to, it obviously will have found a lot of the other things along those lines too. This game obviously started off the bat really bad. The starters in there dug a little bit of a hole for the team. Um, got Rob in there, got Trey in there. Things got a little bit more active, um, but still Michigan was just able to get those open shots, get things going. Um, and uh, despite clawing back a few times, getting it within single digits, even bringing it in ha at halftime, uh, 38 to 30, um, still felt promising at that point, honestly. Um, we were all a little scared because obviously the big storyline is how does Indiana respond? Because uh, we all know as a fan base, and we've seen this, this team in, in Indiana in the past, not respond after big wins and you have to be able to do that that is a big hurdle for this team for this program i should say um that has fans scared has fans leery and keeps fans up at night uh that is if you had to sit down and make a list of concerns that indiana fans have for the program overall um, consistency is one of the big ones, but you will see on that list as well, responding after big wins. And I don't know how far back you have to go to see that kind of thing. Um, we had big wins in the past against Archie against Michigan state. And then we dropped the set the, the one right after, uh, there was one against Iowa in the past. I can remember. And then we dropped the one right after that. We have to be able to respond, especially when it's at home. Um, different when it's on the road, because we obviously struggle and everyone struggles in the Big Ten on the road. Uh, but you got to take care of business when you're at home. Um, and all props to this Michigan team. This is a good Michigan team. There's a lot of talk going into it. I think they were, what, eight and seven going into this going into this game. Um, this team was ranked fifth early in the season. Uh, they're a good team. They're an athletic team. Uh, they've got good shooting percentages. If you look at just kind of their, their, their season average, um, they've got in, in my argument, I know a lot of people think Coburn is the best. Um, I think Dickinson's in, is, is the best team or best player in the big Ten. Um, we talked about it on assembly call earlier. And I think I, at that point I, I ranked that too. And he showed it in this game. 
his physical, his size, he can dominate underneath, his court awareness, and his ability to shoot the three. That spelled trouble. Um, Trace struggles when he has gone against uh, a big guy that's bigger than him and more physical than him. That's been an issue for him uh, ever since he's been in an Indiana uniform. I mean, Trace gave up, uh, or when he is against a big guy like that, he gives up about four, five inches sometimes. And and some size as well. So that's going to be hard. Uh, Trace relies on his quickness to get around people. The thing with Dickinson is that he has that size, but he equally has the shooting ability and uh, the other things to get to get things going. He was three for four from from outside. So he's a hard guard. I mean, he's a hard hard one to, to, to figure out someone to put in because you can't put race on him for too much because race. While he can be physical with him, race is shorter, and he's going to dominate over top of him. Um, we saw Woodson try to put um, try to put Durr on him, and Durr struggled off the bounce and from the outside against him. And again, that's again that's just the mark of a really good player. And and Dickinson is a really good player. Um. The other big storyline about this game is obviously, uh, and we we talked about it a little bit, even in the Purdue game, even in even in a big big win game, IU has got to figure out these starters. And I'm not taking away from the skills of the guys that are the starters, but if you look back, um, who was it? Someone on Twitter. I wish I would have saved this, but they went back and looked at the past seven games. And all the way up, I think it was Coach Adranya. I might try to drum that up as I'm talking about it here. So apologize for uh, um, kind of fumbling around as I talk about this. But Coach Adranya uh, pointed out the fact that in the past seven games, he dug up that IU was negative so much in the before the second media timeout. And then after the first timeout, or and then after that, to the degree they're plus. So obviously, it shows that there's something this this team is doing and not getting going in in the in those first halves in that in that initial initial uh, time. Here it is, Co- Coach Tony Adrania, uh, Coach Adrania on on Twitter. So follow him; he's a great follow, great analysis, does great things over at Assembly Call, and the community does great videos and breakdowns of games. He says, just went through the past seven IU basketball games in the first eight minutes of each half. So the second to the second media timeout, they are negative 49 in those seven games. In the final 12 minutes of each half, they're plus 84. That's a 133 point difference. Hello. <laughs> The coaching staff has to know this. They have to see this. They have to know this stat. Um, maybe we need to spam their Twitter accounts and uh, in, in the mentions on that 
beautiful by coach Drania. Thank you. Thank you for, for drumming that up. That's, that's a scary thing to know. Um, it also confirms the eye test for the team. Um, so they've got to figure something out. Um, is it subbing the guys, having different guys in there? Uh, to me, I think it can be as easy as that. While um, others will disagree and think that uh, th they like Trey's energy coming off the bench, and I agree, I like that, but at the expense of if that energy is enough to get over a hump and a, and a hole that's already been dug, then you nullify that energy if there's too big of a hole to have to get around. Um, having him in there from the start, maybe he's moving around, getting things going, moving the ball. He's great at feeding the post. He's great at probing and kicking. Um, having him in there with, I'd probably put him in there for cop if I had to pick one. Um, I think that would help a lot of things. Flip side then that I would say, uh, so then what do you do um, if you want to keep the guys in? And I think that's ability too. I think you can still play these guys, but we have to run more plays to get them open. And, and by meaning these guys, obviously it's no, no question for anyone or, or secret or anything, or I'm not calling out anyone because everyone knows this. It, it's obviously Cop and Stewart that are the issues in that in that starting lineup. They just stand around. So if you want to keep this lineup, and I think you can, the coaches have to be better and run plays for them and get them going in the game um, early. Late in this game, Stewart was great. Um, he got three three-pointers, and it looked like it, things were getting a little bit better. But honestly, uh, it was too little too late at that point. That was something that could have been nice to have at the beginning of the first half when we were just down eight. But I believe we were easily double digits at that point. Um, don't have any notes on, on exactly when that happened in the game. But it has to be some more plays moved for them rather than them just standing around on the outside. We have to find things to get them going, get them shots. I know we need to get Trace Jackson Davis also going early in the game. And those things are not mutually exclusive. You can run plays for those guys to get them open. And if they hit those and they, they do get those shots, that is going to make the double team on Trace Jackson Davis hesitate and in turn get him going as well. There's a great cause and effect there. That's one of the great cause and effects of college basketball. Make your shots outside. Get you shots underneath. Get, get shots underneath. Opens up shots outside. Simple. Easy. Not easy, not easy to get sometimes, not easy to make per se, but when you have guys that have high percentages of making those shots, you got to get them looks. You got to get them going. You got to get them some sort of rhythm. Um, the one person that I will say, I mean, Trey brought it. He always brings his energy. He always does some good things, but uh, Trey can only do so much to try to get the offense going and everything like that. But I thought X had the most intensity 
um, out of the whole team in this game. And he was clawing and trying to get IU going. So I applaud him for what he was doing. Um, he did some great things and, and was trying to be a good leader. Obviously the, I, I didn't, you can't see from watching it on TV, but the, the, the commentators mentioned it a couple of times. It sounded like X was getting frustrated. Um, maybe that's equally at his players at what was going on, but uh, you heard them say that Xavier Johnson was chirping maybe a little bit too, too much to the refs and might've gotten in trouble there, but I get that. I'd be frustrated too in that game when you feel like you're the only one really fighting as much as, as, as everyone you want everyone else to be. Um, race Thompson, um, shot a lot of threes. Um, again, I, I'm a mixed bag on that because I know in high school, that was one of the arrows in his quiver and something that he could do, but he's not good on the season. He's not been good at the three pointers in, in this game. And of course, <laughs> and this was, again, this was the game when it was for race. It was, Oh no race. Oh no. Oh, okay. Um, he kind of did things that aggravated me, but then he did that thing. Good. Uh, the three point shooting being one of the things, um, shot many threes and then, uh, made that one that was kind of timely and that we needed at that moment and kind of, uh, ushered in a little bit of a surge for the team. But there was another thing that was really aggravating me during the game that I noticed. I noticed him just kind of sitting in the corner a lot. And in the second half, when I was really watching him sit there in the corner, what was really aggravating me, um, I started to yell at race uh, through the TV screen. And honestly, actually, it worked. Uh, one of those things where you're aggravated with, with something that a player's doing, and then when they when they do it again, it, it, it works. Uh, but the, it was one where Trace had the ball and started to make his move towards the basket. Race was standing out on the, on the far, far end line, the corner, and he made a beautiful cut when Dickinson wasn't watching and Trace found him for a dunk. So <laughs> a little bit aggravating that something I was harking on. Um, and then uh, turned around and he actually made it work at one point, but um, it felt like it was more of a detriment when he sat there and it just added to the stagnicity of the offense in this game. Um, and that's not to say that IU still didn't get, some shots up and everything. And, and one thing that I pointed out many times in, the, in, in this show when IU has lost is the missed layups. We missed a lot of bunnies in this, a lot of second chance. There was that one play where we had what I think three or four offensive rebounds in one possession and still didn't get the ball in the hoop. But IU finished the game 10 of 24 in layups. 14 missed layups. Not good at all, guys. Um, you just hit seven of those. There's 14 points. There's a closer game. Um, and I know you're not going to make them all because uh, layups are, a lot of them are going to be from fouls. And if you get fouled making, uh, trying to shoot a layup, that's a missed layup. Um, race or Trace had a beautiful one when he got fouled. That I will point out that play. If you remember in the first half, uh, Trace was making a, a play under the basket, uh, tried to do a scoop 
underneath and one of their players hacked him on the arms. He kind of lost control of the ball and was still able to throw it up and somehow get it to go in the basket. That was impressive. Um, Trace, I'll give you that one. That was that was a heck of a play. But it, it's, it's a frustrating game to think about, and it's a frustrating game overall. And, and this team is going to have a lot of ups and downs, and we've already had a lot of ups and downs. And many of the losses we've had this year, I have felt, and, and I know I'm not on an island saying this because a lot of you have as well, and Twitter has as well, I felt like we were winnable games and we could have won. Um, it may have been just one or two things. This is the first game that we can sit back and say, this was not a winnable game. There might've been pl- moments that we got it close, nine, six, uh, but then Michigan just got going again. And Michigan, again, like I said, it is a good team. And Unfortunately, this stings right now, and we're going to have some more stings. Things are going to hurt like this more and more as the season goes on. We're going to drop games. We're going to have some bad play, but we're going to have some ups, guys. We're going to have some upsides, too. We're going to have some some days where things click, where players step up that we've been wondering what happened to them, a la Rob in the Purdue game. Um, but one thing I take away from this in the last couple games that keeps me uh, confident and positive about this team is the play of Xavier Johnson. He is sh- trending upwards in his play. I like his management on the field, on the court. Um, I had didn't haven't feel felt like in these past two games maybe one or two, but that he's rushed a shot for himself, um, that he hasn't looked to try to get the offense going in the right direction. Um, he's managed his emotions. And again, he's a player that, again, I want him on that razor's edge. I want him right at that tipping point, right when you're playing sink the biz at Knicks and you've got to, it's your poor and you, two or three drips, and you think that thing's going to sink. I want him right on that edge, um, right about to, to sink sink the cup. Um, so, so while aggravating, while disappointing, Coach at least owned up to a little bit of it going into this, um, and hopefully they can rebound, refocus, get some rest, because again, that's the other thing. Uh, and I hate that the commenters never got to this because they just kind of commented too much uh, about how much how much fresher Michigan looked and everything. And hello, IU just played their most emotional game of the season. An emotional game in a couple of years, a couple days ago, three days ago, less than three days ago, it was at tip. And Michigan had been had been off for since Tuesday. Michigan has also been stuck in COVID protocols, so they've missed a few games. So they're a fresher team overall. They had a lot more time to prepare for this game than we did. That's 
not a complete excuse, but it's a factor into the game and why we lost. So hopefully at least coach seems like he owned up to some things, um, giving those sound bites that's on me that you hear coaches say after losses like this. And so let's see how Woody learns from this. Again, this is a long learning process this year, not only for this team, but for Woody. His first year in college basketball. He's got a lot to learn. He's going to learn a lot, and he's got to figure some things out. He's going to make some NBA mistakes, and he has in his lineups and everything like that. And uh, it's going to be how he learns as the season goes along. And uh, it may be a process for him to learn. There may be a few things that frustrate us that he doesn't get until next season. That sucks to say, but that could be the truth. And uh, I choose currently to be patient about that. Um, it was a very exciting offseason. It was a very hopeful offseason. But we got to look at reality. And I don't think it's bad. It's not necessarily great, but it's okay. It is okay, Hoosier Nation. Um, yeah. So Indiana next. Next one up Wednesday. Um, relatively quick turnaround again. We're at least at home. So let's watch tape, guys. Let's get things going. It's against Penn State. Uh, we dropped the last one against them at their place. Just lost by three points back at the end of, uh, at the beginning of uh, January, beginning of this month. Uh, we didn't have Trey back in that game. I think he can be a help deciding factor. This should be a game that IU should be able to win. So I want to see some positive things come out of this game and uh, answer. Let's answer, guys. So, yeah, that's going to do it for this edition of Who's Your Morning After. Appreciate you tun- tuning in. It's a tough, tough thing to listen to podcasts, listen to, to people analyze a loss. So I appreciate you being here and I appreciate your listens. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash Hoosier Morning After. Follow me on Twitter at General Chadwick. There you can find out information about the show when I'm going to go live and even post your comments and everything. Kathy Amos, I saw your comment there. Just kind of a sad crying emoji. I feel you on this one. Special thanks as always to Bob Thompson for producing the music that you hear on the show. I'll be back again the morning after the next show. Until then, guys, go out there, have a wonderful day, and as always, 